Um, I want to hear more about sex clubs. So, but we're going to take a really. Need, would you like to come to a sex club? We're going to get into that in the second half <laughs> of the show. Chicken. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr and this week we're all feeling a little bit amorous. It is Valentine's week and we are celebrating in kind of a different way this year. I wanted to explore more of the realms of our sexual identities. So I thought who were the women to get on to talk about this and I decided to bring on the hosts of a brand new sex podcast called Pure Filth and they are Michelle McCormick and Sarah Tyrrell. So you're very welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming in. Sarah, you've been on twice before, so you have reached the club that only a few select people are in oh. of the three times on Girls With Goals. Oh, who else is in it? Uh, Paul Ryder is on it. Okay. Uh, Rosemary McCabe. Okay. And yeah. I actually think that's it. So, <gasps> wow. so you're up there now. Fancy. So welcome back. Like it's MVP. been a minute. Yeah, Michelle, first time. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. So we're going to start the same way we start every show. It's with our game. It's called Six Words or Less. Except this time I wanted to do it a little bit differently. So I want you guys to describe how you feel about Valentine's Day in six words or less. So shall we go to Michelle first? Sure. Um, I think like, overhyped, often disappointing, oh. nice idea. But... But. Okay. <laughs> Ending with a but. but. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Sarah? Uh, mine is hyper aware of other people's sex. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Was good. Well done. I've done this three times. Oh, <laughs> hyper aware of other people's sex, as in the amount of sex other people are getting, or hyper aware of their sexual activity around Valentine's Day? Both. Mm. Mm, but I only had six words, so. Yeah, you did only have yeah. six words. That's, that's true. That's a key it's a point. Tough game. This is why we play <laughs> this game. game. Um, so tell me about the podcast. So it's in its infancy. It's only mm. four episodes in. I've been listening. I'm a fan. Um, so it's called Pure Filth. And I suppose, firstly, I want to hear about your relationship. So how did the two of you become friends and meet each other in the first place? Um, on Instagram. Oh, okay. Where else? Yeah. It's the only way you can meet people these days. Um, we, I started following Sarah, not, and I was really surprised when I followed her. I was like, how was I not following this girl before? Because we have a lot of really overlapping interests <laughs> in as far as like body positivity, yeah. fat positivity, fat yeah. fashion, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, was following her and I think we had messaged maybe once or twice about a couple of other things but then I said something on my Instagram I think about yeah. kink or Sophie fetish White or picked something it up and she, Sophie texted me and she was like Shelly Mack is talking about the kink scene have you met her and I was like what and you realized that I was following you and then Sarah messaged me and she was like oh my god I'm you know kinky, I'm kinky too so it kind of started around sex essentially then yeah, yeah. absolutely it actually did yeah, yeah because I think we probably would have ended up bumping into each other eventually. Yeah. But when we realized that we had like really two things in common, um, that, you know, we became quite close. It and was the start of a beautiful romance. And it's not that long ago. It's not even a year. year. Wow. Okay. I and mean, we've been on holidays together. 
It's been lovely. Amazing. Yeah. And so, okay, so you connected over Instagram and then you met up. And then there was something that kind of happened on your Instagram, Sarah, because obviously you've been on the show a couple of times before, um, mostly speaking about body positivity. And we've been speaking for a while now, over a year, I think, since yeah, I met it was you. Yeah, it was the... It was the First episode of January last year. Yeah, so it was a good while. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, one night, I was just sitting in my room watching Sarah Tyrrell's story, as always. <laughs> and then she started talking about swinging. And I was completely blown away. I had no idea that you were into this. I didn't even really know what it was, right? Yeah. So this kind of happened, and this was before the Pure Filth podcast, yeah. obviously. But so you guys connected, and obviously you had this thing in common. So tell me a little bit then about the idea for the podcast before we get into the kink and the swinging elements. I think we just, like, when we meet up, um, we just have so many conversations about sex all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily just like your typical, like, what did he do to you next? It's more along the lines of like... typical, what did he do to you next? Well, there's a lot of that. There is, yeah. There's a fair amount of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, our conversations tend to be a lot more about like feminism and sex and body positivity and sex and, and slut shaming in Ireland and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And we kept having these moments where we were like... God, like we should be doing a live on Instagram yeah. or because we both get a lot of questions from our followers about this kind of thing. Right. And we were just like, maybe we should do something. What would that be? It, it was definitely, I feel like it was Sarah's idea. I think you were like, let's do a podcast about this. And I was immediately, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, but of course, we faffed about with it for a while and did nothing. But then it eventually all came together yeah. and we're so thrilled. And so tell us then about what kink is because Michelle like I follow you on Instagram now and I've been listening to the episodes and you seem to have been involved with this community in Ireland for quite a few years yeah and um, I didn't even know that there was a community like this I'm going to sound a little bit like an absolute just a newbie in this no, episode most people don't have a kink exactly. thing, like. I'm going to ask a lot of questions about things that I have no idea and so apologies if I sound completely naive um, but I didn't even know I, I first off didn't even know that there was a kink community so tell um, us about what exactly it is that's where I started as well okay. so um, I like growing up I was always you know like in college and things like the slutty one of my friends and that was completely just like my place and I think everybody every friend group has a Samantha. Samantha. So, um, so I was the Samantha. So when you say like a slutty one, as in like you enjoyed sex and you had sex yeah, with a lot like of people. boy crazy. Okay. Um, you know, your friends would be laughing at you like, oh, she went home with such fella last night and, you know, whatever. Um, all in good fun and never in a harsh, judgy way. But, um, and I have always loved blogs and I used to read a lot of like sex and sexuality blogs because it's a massive area of interest for me. I'm just really interested in sexuality. Sex yeah, I'm a big sex nerd. Mm -hmm. I love knowing about all the different types of things that people are into. Um, and so as my own sexuality developed, um, I realized that I was interested in kink myself and eventually um, came on to uh, a web came upon a website called FetLife and when I joined FetLife I discovered oh this happens in Ireland okay and I didn't even know I had the yeah. exact same reaction as you I was like oh we have this here it's not just in America and in films it actually happens here right because a, so, a lot of it comes from maybe movies and a lot of yeah. it comes from the kind of Hollywood ideal of yeah, what yeah. fetishes are yeah and when people think of fetish like let's pick some movies obviously Fifty Shades of Grey you think about the gimp scene from um 
pop fiction. Yeah. Um, you think Ball about gag situations. Exactly, yeah. and it's all that. But um, kink is what um, people with fetishes would use to describe themselves. They would say, I'm kinky, it's, and it's generally a part of like your sexual identity. Okay, and um, so there's, lo- there's a vast array so of many. kinks. Yeah, So can array. you give us some examples of what so kinks are? What I always like to say, first of all, is because sometimes people separate them. Swinging is a fetish. Okay. Swinging is a kink. Okay. To share partners like that, that's a kink. Um, classic BDSM, like you would see in Fifty Shades of Grey, that's a fetish. There are people, um, let's say there's men out there who enjoy dressing up in lingerie or cross-dressing, that's a fetish. Mm-hmm. Um, foot fetish is one of the most common fetishes in the world, There's, and wow. it seems to be predominantly men. You never really hear, hear of women having a foot fetish, but in the, the gay community, foot fetish is huge, and, and for heterosexual men as well. It's huge there, but then you can go right into the weird stuff, like the one of the most the the butt of the internet's jokes, furries, who are people who like dress up in animal costumes and oh, have sex yes. in them. I think I've read a few articles. Or you know things like splashing, where people like to like literally splash about and like paint and stuff, and they find that arousing. What? Yeah, Cust- paint custard jelly with people or they're just with other people well no you because i've seen seen snippets of videos where it's just uh, just sexy ladies just sort of frolicking around in it or even just one woman wow i've never splashing splashing tell her about snedging 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 is my favorite obscure fetish it's not my kink (laughs) i don't want to come across as if i'm kink shaming as well i've just never heard of that like this is the thing that we we've talked about this in the podcast is like there's a difference between shaming and laughing like some of it is just funny okay. you cannot not laugh at people in custard like that's yeah, you so can't funny not laugh at it. but you don't have like we're not judging them no, not, there's nothing course. wrong with what they're doing okay. and if they're getting off in it then they should yeah and they're not hurting anybody so what's snedging snedging is sniffing uh bicycle seats <laughs> yeah i just think how much more imaginative can you get like exactly. that's awesome sniffing a bicycle seat after somebody's been, been on it on it yeah like a nice warm bicycle seat <laughs> giving it a smell okay well yeah i would have a nice whiff. Whiff. Wow. It's, it's strange but then when you think about people who like to sniff women's underwear or use nylons or yeah. shoes that's so a massive like a, a market sensation online and a texture and all that yeah, kind of stuff very thing. primal and we always say you know it's okay to laugh about these things because they are funny like there's something inherently funny about you know rolling around in custard and even when you're in the middle of a really intense BDSM scene, sometimes you can just crack up laughing, thinking this is ridiculous. You know, like, like you just can't take it too seriously. Yeah, you can't take I mean, it too seriously. No and point. it's okay to laugh. Like it's not all. You don't have to have a stick up your bum about it mm. unless you're into that. Um, <laughs> and you know you can okay. laugh about it as long as you're not judging anybody yeah, for doing it because of the actual yeah. person as we say like as long as everybody is consenting and you're enjoying yourself mm. and you're not hurting anybody yeah. have at it do what you want to do you guys f- then so you obviously found this community and, and became a part of this yeah. community and um, so what kind of uh, are there events are there clubs Absolutely. are there like so what's the community like I've been involved uh, less so in the past few years but for about um, seven years now and there's a whole range of events from very very uh, vanilla things and we would say vanilla to mean the, like the kink, equi- the kink equivalent of a muggle is oh, a vanilla. Okay. Um, so uh, to meetups just in pubs mm-hmm. and in the BDSM world they're called munches. The term originated in America where there would always be food involved. Obviously in Ireland there is no food involved and it's pints. Yeah. So um, 
<laughs> there would be like different so you register to go along usually the the location is private to mm -hmm. keep it like private and um, people just sit around and, and talk and um, I think in the old days old days it used to be um, a little bit more strange but nowadays if you walk into any bar of a you know, Wednesday night, there are probably three to four groups of people who have met online who are meeting up in the pub for a drink. So yeah, um, nobody knows. Yeah, and nobody right. knows. So um, that the munch is sort of the mainstay of the, the kink scene where people just go, they're in their regular clothes and you just get to chat and meet with like-minded people. It's not about sex. Okay. Absolutely. No, people, it's not, people don't like typically hug up at them. Okay. You know, you're not going to like pick someone up and then take them home and ride them. That's not the point. Mm. Um, it's just to like meet friends and build community. Yeah. And then of course there's more, there are more uh, kink-centered or sex-centered events from, um, there's a, a, a fetish nightclub that's been running in Dublin I'd say probably almost 20 years now it's called Nivnuk okay. um, I'm not giving away anything by no, saying that a it's website. a public event it yeah. used to be on in, in uh, Fibber McGee's oh, no. it's been running for years yeah. um, and, and so uh, people can just go people in. can just go you mm -hmm. just pay your 20 euro on the door and you go um, there's, they have very strict dress code requirements it's very strict you can't just wander in off the street mm -hmm. as a tourist and you can't and have sex in sure you can't. no you can't no. have sex there and there's no sexual um play allowed but you can do things like spanking scenes or rope scenes flogging you can put you know your latex on and walk around there's people who go who are really into like pony play who have these amazing elaborate suits with the fantastic like manes and heat and um hoof heels and they go wow. or you know and then couples go to kind of um experience what it's like and it's just a nightclub mm. but with lots of Irish people basically in their underwear and um, you might get to see a few fun like spanking scenes or tying scenes or um, something a bit more fun or something a bit more intense and then you go right the way down this like to the more extremes which are the private kind of invite only play parties where sex is allowed and it's more of a mix so you have the same kind of like spanking or tying up but you also people are allowed to have sex and there's rooms so and things. These are like sex clubs then? Essentially, yeah. Right, yeah. okay. And so this was kind of, I think, what you were talking about a little bit on your Instagram, like you started um, explaining what this was and I know you got a rake of questions about it then. But how did you get involved in this scene then? Completely by accident. Really? Um, it, wasn't, the, it wasn't like... I'm the opposite of Michelle in that way. I am not at all a sex nerd. I am really very focused on what I'm into and I don't care that much about everything else. Um, I didn't, like up until two years ago, I don't think I'd even seen Fifty Shades. Like, was just not into it. Well, they're not good movies. So. Um, and Terrible books. I happened to meet a guy through Plenty Fish. Okay. And he was a dom. And I think he knew straight away that I was kinky, but I didn't realise it. Oh, did he tell you he was a dom straight away? No, he's very clever, a very clever man. Oh. Yeah, I think this is his thing. He finds these muggle women and, you know, turns them. That's, that's my thing. <laughs> that's with your dudes. thing with yeah. men, yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was what that's happened. kink, is it? Not really. Oh, no, okay. it just keeps happening over and over again. <laughs> okay. She's run, she's run out of all the kinky keep, lads. Keep getting in, uh, you know, keep falling for these guys who aren't kinky. And then I'm like, okay, so now we need to do some learning. Yeah, bend over, please. <laughs> so you just met a guy on... I just met a yeah. guy, yeah, and started having casual sex with him. And it got kinkier and kinkier. And I was, like, really into it, but didn't know what it was. Okay. And then when he... He had mentioned FetLife, that website, to me. And um, when that ended after a couple of months, I was like, okay, I cannot go back to just 
regular sex I definitely can't so I went on to Fat Life and then the rest is kind of history when you say regular sex though it makes me feel like I'm missing out like what's what do you consider to be regular sex then you see this is this is where I, f- I find it a little bit tricky because like I, I definitely don't ever want to like vanilla shame like, anybody are, all, yeah. if, are people who aren't involved in this community all just having vanilla sex and we just don't even realise it I still have vanilla sex sometimes like I was in a relationship last year yeah. and we would sometimes have vanilla sex okay and it was amazing because yeah. the chemistry was so great. Like, I don't think it's the case at all that if you're not involved in a community that you're not possibly kinky no, or possibly... No, definitely not. No way. You don't have to be going to parties to be doing, yeah. you know, slightly taboo things in the bedroom. And I think the vast, vast, vast majority of people who are kinky and do kinky things do so in the privacy of their homes yeah. with their partners and they probably don't even put a name on it or yeah. even really think about it that much. Yeah. And I think it's probably getting more and more common because as porn gets more and more extreme, mm that kind of behaviour becomes more mainstream. Yeah. And when when I say like extreme, the type of porn that is mainstream now, you would have used to have to go to the like extreme section to see it. And now that's that's what's Completely the norm. Normal, yeah. Yeah. And people are that, opening their minds. And it's sort of like a vicious cycle and that yeah. changes what people's expectations are. So you said there, Sarah, that you were in a relationship um, and things kind of changed a little bit. So are the majority of people in, in this community in relationships or are they single or is it a miss, like a mishmash of both? And also, like, what's your preference then? Is it weird for you? If, like, right, I'm just going to say it. I would fear jealousy, to be honest with you. I would fear... That, oh, now you're talking about swinging. Well, that, now I'm talking okay, about swinging, yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, I know that swinging historically, I suppose, is considered keys in a bowl and you're you're changing. I'm with still th- waiting for that keys in the bowl party. Yeah, I was promised a yeah, keys in the bowl. I, I have to some cars, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to pick up a new car. Right. Yeah. So, like, what's what's the difference when it comes to, like, being single in this in these kind of communities and then being in relationship? I don't know. I see... The, the tricky thing is I've only been in this community for a year. Yeah. Um. So I'm very new to it and I've only had, like, one significant relationship in my life mm-hmm. and... I don't know. I feel like it's a mix of singles and couples. Mm. Now, if you're if you're talking about the greater kink scene, I'm I know less about that. When it comes to swinging, it's definitely more couples. Okay, one hundred percent. It's definitely more couples. And you're not in a relationship, though. No, but you're very I, much in the swinging scene. I'm very much in the swinging okay. scene. But when I was in a relationship, I one hundred percent stood back from it. Because I was like, absolutely, I was like, no, mine. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to be that way. And I would definitely like to think that in future relationships and, and whatever is the big relationship in my life, mm. that I will be able to swing in some way. Yeah. Because the idea of really traditional monogamy just, it makes my teeth hurt. I can't. So, do you find that that's kind of one of the things that comes up in conversations around these things, maybe at the at the meetups when you're not having sex, just at the munchies? Is Sarah that what they're called? I'm those so crabby. No, I don't go to I don't <laughs> go to events where I'm not allowed to have sex. Oh, really? I could just go for a Sunday dinner with my Sarah's family. Like, like I could be having a bath or doing my nails or something <laughs> I instead. Don't speak to you. People. But is it about pushing the boundaries of kind of that traditional sense of of love and monogamy, essentially? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I I know a lot of couples who swing um, and couples who've been together, some for 10, some for 40 years. And it doesn't mean that you're not in a committed relationship. It's just a different kind of relationship. That's all it is. And I actually think that their relationships are so much stronger for it. Yeah. Um, Like they share this incredible thing that they they don't share with anybody else. And it's, it brings them so much closer to each other. Um, 
And I guess some people are just wired differently. Well, like, I, I have a really, a, quite a biased perspective on this because the kink community is a lot of couples as well. Mm. But the vast majority of couples in the kink community would be open, have an open relationship to some degree, or they would um, live a polyamorous lifestyle in that okay. they have not just multiple sexual partners, but multiple partners. Mm. And for me, within the kink community, when, when I entered um, the kink scene in Dublin, I was with someone and we went onto the scene together. And definitely the atmosphere sort of, you eventually drink the Kool-Aid and you think, oh, in order to be properly kinky and enlightened and not, you and know, a Luddite, <laughs> you know, and not be like repressed and yeah. jealous, I need to try to be open. I need to try to be poly. Um, and so that happened through a series of events. And that's why Michelle had two simultaneous breakups in 2016. She she went poly. Wow. Because I went poly. Um, and so... Two breakups at the same time At the same rough, time, it was man. so great. But, um, you know... But that's what you get I into. Learned, you're, yeah, I you're, learned mm. that I am a monogamous person. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> there is... I think there is a, quite a bit of pressure within these scenes to be, you know more open. enlightened and be more open yeah. but I think you're either as Sarah says you're either wired for it or you're not and out of the many 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 people I know who profess to be poly or profess to be wired that way I think I know two people who I can in my head two people who I know are who I think are genuinely actually set up for it and are emotionally capable of doing yeah. it. But there's a big difference between swinging and poly. Like poly, Huge. as you said, is you're not just having sex with different people, you're having different relations, relationships, like actual relationships, yeah. whereas swinging is literally like your, your stereotypical swinging couple. <clears throat> they will have a completely monogamous relationship in every regard, except for once a month, they pack the kids off the grannies, they go to a club in Dublin and they fuck a load of strangers in a room together or maybe not together. He might be downstairs having a pint. She could be upstairs. And they go home together and that's they never, it. They never see that person again. Wow. Or okay. maybe they do. And or maybe they do. They're friends yeah. and it's fine, but there's no other relationship. Right, okay. Do you know what I mean? It's it sounds just like sex. emotional mature, maturity that you would need yes. for something like polyamory is just beyond my remit like beyond, I, I wouldn't be able for that no. I, I even for me I even think the the openness and the sharing I, I now have a very strong no sharing policy yeah. so um I, I just wouldn't be able for that for me now it's not worth the risk because as much as you can say uh, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be into anybody else more than I'll ever be into you. Yeah. I'm not gonna enjoy sex more than I enjoy sex with you with anybody else. I'm not gonna like that. That's you the thing. Can't, and like, you, you can't. cannot yeah. like take it from me. Like you just do not know what is gonna happen. What kind of chemistry you're gonna have with somebody, and it's how scary. that will develop. That's a scary. And it's a, like. when you when you open your relationship like that, it's a risk. You are you're risking what you have for something a little bit more and that's totally fine if, mm. and if that's what you want to do and lots of couples do it really well yeah but lots of couples fall foul of yeah. it too like we tried twice really? and um both times we both chickened out yeah 
Uh, I would like to think if we had stayed together for a lot, we would keep trying and that eventually yeah. we'd figure it out. I was going to say, like, what happens if you <coughs> find someone and say, you know, you, you fall in love with them or, or like you said, Michelle, um, you want to have a monogamous relationship, but the kinks in you and those kind of urges that you have to maybe do those things are just in no way a part of the other person's ideology of what's going to happen in their life. I mean, is it something that you guys would be willing to give up if you found somebody? No. no. I, I don't think I could fall in love with anybody who wasn't kinky. I just don't think I could be attracted but to what them. what if it happens? That's I think it thing. comes down, though, to sexual compatibility. Yeah. Like, are you going to fall in love with somebody that you're not having the kind of sex you want to have? Yeah, I, see, I don't think I'm it's not possible. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like... What I look for in a man now is so different. And it's not better and it's not worse. It's just different. Yeah. Um, and I'm not attracted to the men that I used to be attracted to. Wow. I think there's probably certain, there's a certain amount of compromise that I could give in that, it, you know, if somebody was into, you know, certain things and not into other things, I could easily give up the the scene, the community, the sites. No problem. See you later. Do that tomorrow. Wouldn't bother me. But the actual physicality of the, the, the type, type of sex, of sex yeah. that I like. Yeah. I don't think I could give that up and I don't really think anybody can it's really put are. that aside whether your kink is oh, I like to have my hair pulled a little bit but not too much and that's the only thing that I like mm. or it's this whole range of, of things. The type of sex you like is the type of sex you like. You can't change that. Yeah, yeah. It's too, it's and too I don't think anybody should have to give it up. No. Yeah. Um, I want to hear more about sex clubs. So, but we're going to take a really. Beef, would you like to come to a sex club? We're going to get into that in the second half <laughs> of the show. Chicken. Um, first off, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to maybe not answer that question, but we're going to come back and talk more about sex clubs in a minute. But Rebecca O'Keefe joined me earlier on today and she is our Valentine's Day correspondent, even though she does not want to be known as that. in studio by our resident Valentine's Day correspondent, Rebecca O'Keefe. Is that my name? Is that what you're calling me? You're, you are my Valentine's Day correspondent <laughs> for this year. So okay. welcome. You're very welcome to the Thanks. Valentine's Week special of Girls With Goals. A little out of uh, my... My zone, my remit, if you will. Well, you have in the past described yourself as chronically single. That's yes. how I think it's what our friendship is based, based on. on. <laughs> Certainly, what my professional life is yeah, based exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. So before we get into it, and I want to hear a little bit about the history of Valentine's Day because I don't think yeah, a lot of people I did a would bit of know. research on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good. Um, but what do you think of Valentine's Day as a whole? First off, I fucking hate it. Wow, mm. straight in there with the yeah. F-bomb. You know me. Cool. You can bleep that out, first bleep <laughs> of the episode. Um, no, I think it's a big, fat Hallmark fest okay. that's designed to make money. I get the whole, like, show the people you love that you love them, but also there is no need to spend a hundred quid on six roses. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I've never spent a huge amount of money, but I do understand the commercial side of mm. it, and I do understand how it has turned into this kind of... Beast. Global this beast, pink yeah. pink and red beast. So what's the root of it? So St. Valentine... Himself. Himself. Man himself. Who, who is he? What's his crack? What so, did he do? So, fun fact that I learned, he's buried around the corner from here, which is very random. I found that out today. Yeah. It's well, so creepy. I say he's buried. There are, like... 
relics. Bits of him. Yeah. Like a couple of drops of his blood. I think his heart or what's left of it. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, mm. he was executed by a Roman emperor. Yeah, I know, it's wild. And he was executed because? He was executed because he was performing illegal weddings, which is actually really cute. Basically, yeah. this, I can't remember which it, emperor it was, but he outlawed, he basically decided single men made better soldiers. Fair. Um, <laughs> basically, they weren't allowed to get married, but he was like... Single men make, make better, better soldiers. Because there's no distractions. Okay. It's kind of like... In, do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Okay, never mind. Moving on. Um, but there he was like, there's obviously, if you don't have women in your life, you won't be distracted. Right, okay. Um, but Valentine... But obviously there were soldiers who were madly in, in love. In love with women, so Valentine... And so they wanted to get married, so he And Valentine performed. did it on the schly. See, like. that's kind of sweet. Yeah. And so he became a saint on February 14th, and then there was something about birds pairing mid-February, and so that came to be about the romance okay. and... Yeah, I think February it itself that, yeah. is like the month of love. Okay. Like a couple of things happened, I'm not sure, but there are actually three... Great research, Beck. Three St. Valentines. Oh. And they all have different stories, but that one specifically that's buried... Around the corner. Whitefriar Church. Whitefriar Church, yeah. Um, he's the, the main man. And so couples kind of go and they write little notes. notes I know, it's really And cute. they leave the notes with St. Yeah. Valentine to kind of... That I guess. That's cute. That's nice. Yeah. But you don't need to go and buy your boyfriend like a HD TV, no. unnecessary. Well, Jesus, is that what is expected? I feel like people go berserk. No, bit of lingerie. An ex-boyfriend of mine, happy. when I was a teenager, bought me a pink Nintendo DS. Oh, th that's good. Yeah. That's a really Still good present, it. yeah. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> it's cute. Um, so you have been writing a little bit about Valentine's Day on site. I have. Um, a couple of interesting articles that <laughs> caught my eye, um, and they're not exactly lovey-dovey. Would no, you they're call not. them romantic? I would not. Uh, one of them reads, important, you can now name a cockroach after your ex this Valentine's Day. You can, Talk us through You it, can Beck. adopt a cockroach. I actually went on to do it. I was gonna, I'm going to do it after um, recording for one of my friend's ex-boyfriends. <laughs> really? Um, so you go, the best part is, it's 150. To, so you don't yeah. even have to worry about that sweet, sweet expense. Basically, okay. you go on. It's like a, it's a wildlife res um, conservation fund, okay. and it's essentially a way for them to earn money, but in a gas way. Okay. And you go. And nothing happens to the cockroaches. They're no, grand, they're, right? They're, they're cared for. Okay, lovely. If you will, <laughs> but um, you lovely. can go on and you can either adopt one for yourself or for your friend, and you can choose whether or not to actually name your cockroach. Okay. I will be naming mine. Um, and you can give it a nickname and stuff. And I think then you probably get like an email certificate being like, Neve Marr has adopted a cockroach. Its name is blah, blah, blah. And happy Valentine's Day. Okay. And I think it's hilarious. And there was another one as well that the you- The snake the one. The snake one, yeah. Yeah, I actually didn't write the snake one. Okay. But I think similar concept. So you can name a snake, a snake after, after your ex. Now, to be honest with you, I feel like snake is more in tune with some of the words that are thrown around when people talk about exes more than like, oh, he was He's such a, a cockroach. cockroach. Never heard it. I know, but it's just kind of nice to be like, haha. Yeah, um, interesting one. I, I have never really thought about doing that for somebody. And I doubt a lot of people would do that, but you're going to do it for your friend? For my friend's ex, yeah. Okay. But I also think it's something that's almost funny. It's almost like two fingers to Valentine's. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, because it's so cheap, it's kind of just like gas. Like if your friend had just had a really bad breakup, you'd almost do it to just put a smile on her face. Do you know that way? Absolutely, yeah. And speaking of friends, what about this whole hashtag Galentine's thing that's kind of 
taken over. Yeah. I've seen it a lot over the last few years, so especially on social media and stuff. Um, and it seems to be for people who are single more so than anything else, who are just like, yeah. F Valentine's, I'm going to spend it with my friends. And then they just arrange a big night out and go out and have a Galentine. So are you for or against this or what do you think? Like, I'm not against it, but also realistically, Valentine's Day is on a Thursday. This year. So Every let's, year? This let's year. all, you know, go home after our, our jobs, mm -hmm. have dinner, do your normal thing and go to bed. Right. Just because it's, it's I don't know, I can't, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm going to live my day like it's a normal day. Okay. But it's a nice idea if you're, like, sad about being single and all your friends are really sad. It's kind of nice to, like, be, t like, get together. Yeah. But you're not sad about being no, single. No, not at all. But... I couldn't give a shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm not doing it. <laughs> Having a boyfriend would stress me out. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Does it make you, around this time, does it make you more interested in dating? Does it make you almost maybe want to go on dating apps a little bit? No, I think if I was to, like, whore myself out on a dating app the week of Valentine's Day, it would scream desperation. <laughs> scream it. Um, but it no, was. it's not like I don't look at it. I don't like walk past the window of like Argos and cry when I see that stupid bear holding the heart tet. You know, all that. It doesn't. Argos. Ar I was the first <laughs> name that came to my mind. I don't know. But like, it doesn't make me like nostalgic for mm. a relationship or like sad. I think Christmas actually is a more affecting time for single people because yeah. it's like everyone's in a good mood and it's cold and people are being cute with each other. And what do you think about all of the people in couples who are going to be posting about their oh, gifts? That boy did good. Boy done good. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, whatever brings you joy. Yeah, if it sparks joy in you. But if I end it up... It's slightly competitive, though, isn't it? Yeah, As if in, I like, end up blocking you, I, that's fair, too. I do think that there... I mean, to be honest with you, it happens around Christmas as well. There's this weird competitive of, like, look at all the gifts that I got. Yeah, and some people and, are get crazy shit. I know, yeah. And like, Why did your boyfriend, boyfriend buy you a car? That's unacceptable. It does seem to happen <laughs> around Valentine's as well. Yeah. That, like, you know, you'll start seeing them kind of creep in at, um, and then it's just taking over mm. your entire social media feed for the whole day. Yeah, just but pictures like, of, of flowers. Course, but not judging. Like, I mean, that's fine if that's something that kind exactly, of brings you good. Exactly, if it brings I'm you I'm going to be alone on Valentine's, so I'm not going to be posting any pictures but or anything you doing, like that. But aren't you doing, you're doing two different Valentines. You're doing, you're going to have either week at the end, you know? Yeah, that you? was like a secret that we weren't meant to tell anybody. So you've just absolutely <laughs> ruined, you've just ruined that. Yeah, God damn it! Beck. I didn't know it was a secret. You have to tell me things. <laughs> yeah, because we're not going to be together on Valentine's. We're celebrating it the week before and the week after as That's well. That's cute. Oh, it's do? awful. It's not cute. It's not cute at all. I might take him to see the weird blood, the Valentine's blood <laughs> oh, thing. Senior Valentine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might take him in to see Senior Valentine. Senior Valentine. <laughs> because I didn't know that he was here. So I. I always had it in the back of my head, but I always kind of thought it was one of those like bullshit urban legends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, like, isn't Santa Claus buried somewhere in Ireland too? I thought. Really? Well, I know. And St. Jude. St. Jude is in the is same place. Amazing. So, like, there's Valentine and then there's the saint. patron saint of hopeless, hopeless cases. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Neve is Valentine. I'm St. Jude. So you're just like in the corner of the church scribbling to St. Jude. Jude! <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Just walk straight past Valentine. Um, okay, so that's good. Thank you so much for being You're our welcome. Valentine's Day correspondent. correspondent. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Thanks. And I think um, next year we might have you back on as well. Uh, hope, hopefully things may change. Let's go and do a Galentine's together on Thursday, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Lovely. 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 Rebecca O'Keefe, thank you so much as always. Thanks for having me. And we <laughs> Whatever else. Happy yeah. Valentine's Day, y'all. Happy Valentine's Day.
Okay. Okay, so we're back. Um, so I do want to talk more about the girls are trying to make me blush. <laughs> and um, it's kind of working. But uh, I suppose I want to ask a little bit more about the sex clubs because um, obviously these are the kind of juicy details. And you go into it in the second episode, I think, of Pure Filth. The third. Oh, sorry, swinging. the third. third swinging, yeah. um, so I would highly recommend um, listening to Pure Filth. Uh, you can go and get it on all the podcast apps because I'm not going to be on them asking stupid questions but I want to ask the questions for our listeners um, and for our readers of her.e because I find it absolutely fascinating um, so sex clubs they have a few around the country mm-hmm. um, and like you were saying earlier Michelle you can go to them and you can have sex with strangers uh, or you can watch or why don't you guys tell me about them more so because I've never been to one so how did you even for, was it with your ex-partner that you kind of discovered them first no so after I stopped seeing him and I joined this website Fet Life. Yeah. Um, I made a friend on the website who is a woman and um, she's a good few years older than me, has been in Swinging and Kink for a long time now and she had a kind of community of friends already um, kind of built up over the years and I started hanging out with her and then she invited me to this swinging club one wow. night and I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> um, was the first thing that you went to at like a public party no, or so a the, party? the first event okay so the first event I went to was a kink event um that shocked the living daylights out of me because really? yeah I um a lot of kink a lot of the kink scene in Ireland is based around impact play which is like flogging that kind of stuff oh, okay. so it's like kind of pain and pleasure whipping and yeah, yeah. Like that. and that is just so so hugely not my thing right so I got a bit of a fright because I was like oh my god do I have to let people beat me up like, I don't, I don't want to let people <laughs> so beat me up so very 50 shades that very, kind of very thing. 50 shades mm. although every nobody on the kink scene likes 50 shades no because it's wrong representation misrepresentation yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you don't even have to be in the kink scene to, to know see that, that that's yeah. a, a bad representation yeah, that's really like not it. a good relationship no it seems yeah. um, and then I went to my first swingers party was a private party yeah mm-hmm. in her house okay um, and that was really fun that was a really nice way to kind of ease into it because I knew pretty much everybody there or I'd spoken to them in like this chat group a lot okay and she knew everybody there so she was kind of like slowly easing me in yeah Oh. And she's she's great that way. Like she's introduced a lot of people to um, swinging and kink in this way. And then we went to um, you were with me on my first night. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was, was our, our first, first together. So you guys are obviously really great friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you guys have seen each other have sex. She has seen me. I haven't seen her. Oh. Um, I am an actually. Exhibi- uh, what am I? Exhibitionist. Ex- thank you. Um, but you are not. Like, you are not opposed to having people in the room, but I'm like, I don't want to do it if there's nobody watching. I yeah. can't be bothered. Your rule is if nobody it, sees it, doesn't count. Did it even happen? If nobody's watching and it hasn't been videoed, it didn't happen. Didn't even Sarah, happen. so you're an exhibitionist and that's kind of a thing within the community that's as well. Kink. Oh, yeah. it's a kink. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you love people watching you. Yeah, and then some people are, like, really into voyeurism. So just look, just watching. Just watching. So at these clubs, you will get, I think most people are voyeurs. Yeah. I, I don't, I, this is just based off my experience. I'm sure people would disagree is she shaking her head I'm just like who doesn't like you. to watch people having sex I don't that's what porn is I like you know like, like everybody likes watching people having sex is sexy yeah like yeah. everybody likes it yeah but I would never go to that club and go upstairs and watch just to watch yeah I'm like if I'm not upstairs 
you know, being watched, I'm downstairs having a drink. Right. And so can you just kind of okay. explain, so when you walk in, because obviously a lot of people maybe only know about these kind of clubs from movies. So mm. there is a certain level of, of seediness course. that yeah. comes across yeah. from like a sex club. Like, you know, you've seen it in some films where it's dirty and all like this kind of... on the floor. Like, I mean, used condoms and, and shite like this just yeah. like rolls through your head. So yeah. this is just like a normal club downstairs. There's a bar and you can have there's a drink. There's a dance floor, there's couches, okay. there's a smoking area. There's music and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and then it's upstairs where all the fun happens. Yeah. We're talking about Ireland here, so it's yeah. not uh, eyes wide shut level of opulence. Okay. I've never you know, seen that. It's, but it's um, not dirty. It's not, it's not dirty. Grimy. It's, it's not gross. The, the it's, owners take a, like yeah. really good care okay. of it. Basic, but clean and, you know, uh, they've put a lot of effort into, you know, the decor and yeah. clean and comfortable and a and nice so you're, space. And so you're just chatting to people in the yeah. same way that you'd be chatting to people in coppers, right? As Absolutely. In like, Absolutely. The exact same way. So, like, if you like somebody and you see somebody, you just kind of start talking to them and then do you say, do you want to go upstairs? I'm mortified because, what? Is that just what you say? Yeah, that's, it. that's pretty literally much. exactly what you say. Oh like, okay, I'd be so bad at this You have club. to remember as well, there are, there are people who will go to these clubs and they won't hook up with random people. So like they'll have other people in this in the swinging community that they always kind of play with at these events. Oh. And it's just like this kind of unspoken thing. So it's kind of like pre-arranged pre type thing. Pretty much, oh, yeah. Okay. And then they'll just, you'll just like vibe off people. Like if you're flirting, you know, great, that will progress. Yeah. Um, Like you can kiss and stuff downstairs, but like, it's very, it's, it sounds really awkward and like, hello, would you like to have sex with like, me? It's, it's not just because I'm describing it that way. No, but, but it it's not, it's very natural and, and organic. Then, so what's upstairs then? Tell me, like, talk me through it. Upstairs is like the upstairs of a corridor of a house, right? So mm -hmm. the upstairs of a corridor, what? The, the upstairs corridor of a house. Okay, so I'm looking at a corridor. <laughs> yeah, so you've kind of got like a narrow hallway and then there's rooms off to either side. Um, one of the rooms has three big beds that are kind of partitioned, but it's open. Okay. Uh, another room has a hot tub and a steam room oh, and a shower. Fun. Yeah, that's where we spend that's where a lot we of time. hang out, yeah. Okay. Um, then another room has one <clears throat> huge bed. Could you get... You could get three couples on it, maybe, Max. Yeah. And then a couch for people to watch. Two couches. Two couches, thank you. Um, and then there are these little... Do you know those um, cubicle hotel rooms in, like, Japan, where it's like you open a little door in the wall oh, the and you just climb ones, into a bed? They're like coffins. Kind of, yeah. yeah there's two of those. those. Um, so for people who want to play, but they really want privacy, oh, you can so just hop in there. Oh, so private. Oh, okay. They're totally private. Jeez, and then, you wouldn't want to be claustrophobic, though. No, you, you really, really would, would not. not. Okay. Um, and then there's also the St. Andrew's Cross and a spanking stool and a sex swing. A St. Okay. Andrew's Cross is like the classic <clears throat> X-shaped cross that you would have seen literally in the movies and people go up against and it like cuffed. this. Okay. Um, you can cuff your ankles and wrists to it. <laughs> Front ways or back ways and then stuff gets done to you. It just wouldn't be my thing at And all. then there's like a, a classic sex swing, yeah. like one of those. I've never seen anybody in it. Have you not? No. I have seen lots of people oh, in Oh, I've never seen anybody in it. Maybe it's because it's kind of tucked in around the corner. Maybe. And a spanking bench. Wow, so like upstairs it's all go. Yeah. It, it is all and go. There's and like, they'll have floggers and whips and things just kind of hanging on the walls. There's lots of equipment. Beside every bed is a bowl of condoms. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of towels and just wipes, wipes general equipment. Sprays. So tell me, what are the people like? So what can you expect? And I know you kind of like touched on it on one of the episodes. Like people were kind of asking are the people that are there classically attractive and this kind of thing. And I mean, 
it was a valid point. Like, yeah. what, what, what's the age range of people that are going to these things? It's a complete mix. Okay. Um, I would say the the kink scene is a little bit more diverse in terms of range of attractiveness and age. I mean, I don't like saying like classically attractive because yeah. God only knows what people are attracted to. That's no, but it's like not a relational beauty. Like yeah. thin, beautiful women, ripped men. I know what you mean. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, as in, like, what what's the clientele? I mean, I think that's yeah. kind of a fair question. Um, so I think there's absolutely a range and just like walking into any pub or club sometimes there's going to be like a raft of really hot people there and sometimes mm. not so much yeah. but uh, there definitely is I think an impression especially with swingers clubs that it's going to be just full of old gross men um, which is not un true. unfair but sometimes not entirely but inaccurate. They do limit the amount of single men that they can do. go to these things, and that's there for a reason, obviously. They do, yeah. Right, and so... But that means that the majority of men who are there are married. Are okay. Married. And so yeah. are obviously more likely to be a little bit older yeah. than your 21-year-old single guy. Exactly. But um, when it comes to sex and alcohol and swinging and mm. that environment, you definitely want to go with the older, more experienced guys than the yeah. younger lads who are just like... With you excitement. Said, yeah, you, like you said something interesting as well that everybody that's in these clubs are usually more sober than what yeah. you would find, you know, out maybe in town on a Friday mm. or Saturday night. Much more, I think. I think that's interesting because I know for like myself, just talking about this, I would probably want to get absolutely hammered before I go. But then I suppose you, you want to know what's going on and you want to make sure that you, everything. You can't do that. And particularly yeah. in the King scene, it would be seen as a massive risk. And a red um, flag probably as yeah, well. Yeah, because mm. if you're intoxicated, you can't give consent yeah like in in on in law right. if you know you're not capable of giving like informed consent if yeah. you're if you're drunk so it would be really frowned upon in in that um scene because people are hitting you you might be you might be hitting someone yeah it's just a some huge no-no. Like some of it is physically dangerous stuff, and you yeah. have to have your wits about you. Yeah. And it is frowned upon, I think, in the swinging scene as well. Like it's not cool to be messy drunk. No, yeah. it's definitely frowned upon. I've seen I've seen guys getting kicked out of the clubs a few times, and I can tell you that they were nowhere near as drunk as you would have to be to get kicked out of my local pub. Right. Mm. Okay. But they were still too drunk for swinging. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like the owners and the people that work in this place, like they keep on top of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as soon as a drunk guy walks in, like you can kind of see all the women getting a bit like, oh, no, yeah, not a little bit empty yeah, and like, they're not comfortable because there's such a, there's a much higher standard for consent in these spaces. Yeah. yeah. Much higher. Like, I've been touched more inappropriately in coppers than I ever have in one of these clubs. Yes. Yeah. Which I think is, we haven't gotten into that in the podcast yet, but for me, one of the things that I always try and get across to people who are new to this whole idea is that I have never had um, sexual experiences where I felt safer okay. than in swinging and kink because consent is such a huge thing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, you go down to coppers and, like, nobody knows what yeah. consent is. I've actually been a little bit spoiled by going to, to kink events in particular because at most kink events you'd have DMs, which, which are dungeon monitors. Um, and if you have any, it's not always in a dungeon, sometimes it's in a, the upstairs of a it's pub. just like a staff member who's keeping an eye on things. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to be one at some of the events, but um, you would go to them and say, 
that person is being unsafe or that person made me feel uncomfortable and that person would be out yeah. the door okay. and now when I go to a normal club and some dude touches my ass I'm up, I'm up at the bouncer I'm like he touched my ass and the bouncer is like oh yeah. cry me a river I don't care like, <laughs> so can I ask right so obviously if you guys are, are going to these clubs and, and stuff like this and this is something that you're very much a part of and it's something that you obviously enjoy. Um, what happens if you are playing with somebody and you just have this incredible spark and emotional connection with them? Like, do you attach emotions with the sex that you're having with strangers or is it not a thing at all when it comes? Because, I mean, like a big question and it's something that has been said and I don't think that it's a fair thing, but I think that, you know, a lot of women would say that they find it difficult to separate emotion from sex. Is that something that even comes into your into your mind at all or is it just, no, this is just about pleasure, it's got nothing to do with emotions or sparks or anything like that? I think at the end, whether you're kinky or you're a swinger or you're just somebody who likes casual sex in mm -hmm. your home that's very vanilla, um, there, you know, you have to be realistic about the fact that sex is a very intimate thing, mm -hmm. and it is easy to kind of confuse like sexual chemistry and feelings, and also it's easy for sexual chemistry to turn into feelings. Like, let's be mature about it and yeah. say this is the, a risk. Well, it's pretty much part like what of the, all songs are written about. You I know, mean, part like, of the physiological feelings. purpose of sex is to build intimacy yeah. and develop and those even feelings. Even if you were in like a casual sex space in your life, there is a part of you, no matter who you are, deep down in you that is looking for the one all the time. And if you're going to deny that, then you are not engaging in a level of self-awareness that you need to have for this. But do you think you're going to find the one in one of these clubs? I don't know. I would say, and this is a conversation that we've had quite recently with one of our friends, mm. you're as likely to find them in one of those clubs as you are anywhere else. Yeah. Statistically, so the more men you meet. It happens when it happens. Yeah. It is pure 100% chance. Yeah. You don't know when you're going to meet that person that has that spark and you just click with that person. And we all know what it's like to meet somebody with absolutely no intention of you know, oh, I'm looking for the one, I'm looking for a partner. You just meet that person and you're like, oh, crap, this person is for me. Yeah. That was how and I met my ex. Like, it was through this, like, swinging website and it was just casual sex. And, and then it just yeah. evolved Yeah, and I think else. that can happen anywhere. And I really sort of push against the notion that people in casual sex spaces are swinging... The, that they're not open to that because I think deep down pretty much everybody is on some level open to it. Even guys who are like, oh, I only want casual. Those guys, when they meet the woman that they click with and they want to be with, it will change for them. You can't help how you're wired. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It will. And it like, will do you guys sleep with married men? Absolutely no. not. No, and that's just a decision that you make Personal because decision. obviously there's married men there. There's a lot. And that's the way they're wired mm -hmm. and they're into that kind of thing. But that's not your your situation. You're not into it. No, no, I don't. I don't. Michelle doesn't share. I don't. Well, I don't share. But also, there's a lot of guys. Aside <laughs> from going, so Michelle doesn't share. Doesn't share. I don't share. Um, <laughs> like aside I'm really from disappointed. aside from the parties, you know, there are, you you meet guys mm. like once off. You might go for a drink and decide to hook up or whatever. Much like Tinder, um, and there's a lot of we would say attached because not every guy who has a missus at home is married. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot of attached guys there who are cheating 
Yeah. Um, wow. And like so their, their missus or, or partner doesn't know anything about it. Yeah. And they're really easy to spot. Um because they look furtive and they're just like looking around oh there's just a million different little tells yeah. like yeah. they don't little have any pe- they don't have any pictures up they their profile can- says they can't yeah. accommodate they don't want to give you their number they'll just message you yeah. via the site they're t- chatting to you all day like sending you a text message every three and a half seconds from 9am to 5.30pm then you don't hear from them again until 9am the next morning you're oh like my God, oh that's such a good you're thing. married <laughs> um, okay so I like you can weed those out but even guys who say they're playing with permission, that's not for me because yes, I've been in that situation before mm-hmm. and I know how destructive it can be, even if everybody is consenting yeah. and everybody's on board. Feelings can happen. Yeah. You can get attached to that person who isn't available. And then what are you going to do? Someone's heart's going to get broken. And to me, it's no different um, for people who are adamant that they're not that they don't want a relationship that person's just not available so don't have sex with them loads of times don't get attached you know don't be texting them if you if you must have sex with them do and just move on and don't see them again (laughs) there's ways to you know manage the whole yeah you figure this out like it's a learning process and everybody has different boundaries so they just have to figure out what your boundaries are and then once you figure them out you just maintain those boundaries all the time so I'm, I'm going to have to wrap up soon because we have been talking for quite a bit. But before I go, do you guys, can you tell me a little bit about what your individual kinks are? Or is that too much? You don't have to. But I'm just intrigued. You go, Sarah. Okay, uh, I'm a sub. Okay. Which means I'm <clears throat> submissive. Um, but I am a particular type of sub known as a brat. Okay. Which means that I really enjoy like challenging authority, pissing men off, um... Uh, what else? Like, but surely that I like being made to submit. Okay, I'm kind of tricked into it. So you would be with a dom <laughs> then, isn't that it? Yes. But surely a dom does not want a bratty sub. Most doms would like all bratty subs dead. <laughs> so you have to really hunt. I have time. Yeah, I have to ah. exactly. Yeah, it's quite hard. So the vast majority of the sex I have, that kink doesn't get included in it, and I just have to like pack that part of myself away. But then when I do get it, it's brilliant. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like you've got streaks of Dom in you then as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We Like, we kind of laugh about um, brats. Uh, what, what is it? They top from the bottom. So they kind of try and run the ship without letting the Dom know that they're trying to run the ship. Okay. And then the Dom has to constantly be like, is she, is she topping me from the bottom? What's yeah. happening here? So it's just really fun. And can you tell, because like you said in the break there that I was a brat as well. Yeah. So do you like find yourself putting people into Constantly, it? Yeah. Okay. yeah. And you think I'm a brat? 100%. I think you're wrong. No, 100% I do. I think I'm a Dom. No, you're not. Every brat thinks she's a Dom. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I'm just playing into it there. But that's so funny because you're obviously like, like you see things in people that maybe aren't in the community and like you yeah. said yourself that you were always kinky but you just didn't know that you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. now I look at people that I've known my whole life and I can see a different side to them. Wow. Um, which is which is kind of odd because like I've noticed a couple of times myself being quite subby to guys yeah. in my life who I am not at all attracted to but... I've just noticed their dom side mm. and now it's bringing out my subby side and I'm like, did I just submit to him? Like, yeah. Shit. <laughs> to try and keep it in check. And Michelle, you said that you weren't an exhibitionist earlier on. So are you and Sarah very different in terms of your kinks? Um, it's funny because 
technically we have the same kink, but it expresses itself in a completely different way. So I'm a sub as well. I'm submissive too, but mine is a much more the classic. Um, I, I very much more do what I'm told than Sarah does. I don't do the sort of the challenge like the the challenging um the authority but it it takes time for me to get to that place with someone okay um and it it's a it's a long process process of like identifying okay well I can trust you and you, I know that you get it yeah um but I suppose so in in that way we're both subs but it expresses itself in very classic, different ways more classic yeah. very different types of subs yeah, yeah absolutely um I like the real like doting dominant and um I would be more into like the let's say the traditional like spanking uh rope things like that like restraints and stuff wow. which I can take or leave yeah. but um it's it's way really really about the psychological stuff for me yeah. but um I enjoy all that other stuff as well. I find it so interesting. And the thing is, I think if anybody is listening to this now or watching it as well, I think what's great about what you guys are doing with the podcast and, and just kind of talking about it a little bit more openly is maybe opening the minds of women and men who may, like like you, Sarah, have always had a little kink but not really realised what it was or haven't explored it either. And I think it's eye-opening to know that there are these communities in Ireland because I genuinely had no idea. Do you know what yeah, I mean? And I'm yeah. 32. I've been having sex for a long time. So, like... I didn't even know that it was around. Yeah. I didn't know it was an option. I think that what we wanted to do with the podcast was really just, like, give women a chance to kind of empower themselves. Mm. And whether you're kinky or not, like, we just end up talking about kink a lot. But really, it's more about just general women, you know, and their sexuality and, yeah. like, kind of trying to show women that it's okay to talk about sex, it's okay to enjoy it, it's okay to not... Um, feel guilty it's okay to admit that you masturbate like you haven't set an orphanage on fire you've just made yourself calm it's all fine yeah well it's sexual desire as well and I, I think that's kind of one of the things that you know you spoke about it a little bit on the podcast about the struggles that you've had in the past with people talking about feminism and talking about you know these kind of communities and being this open with it mm -hmm. and how like can you be a feminist and still you know want to be tied up and want to be submissive and stuff like that I mean does that kind of line of questioning irritate the shit out of you? No, because it's really valid. Yeah. And we've definitely both had experiences in our own sex lives where our own kind of sense of feminism has been tested. And, like, I've had a good few times where I've been like, oh, my God, like, I shouldn't have done that or I shouldn't have enjoyed that because... I've just been objectified so and I shouldn't have... you shame, essentially. Yeah, but not shame because of what I've done. Shame because of how some branches of feminism mm. um, dictate what women should and shouldn't do, which is literally the opposite yeah. to the point of feminism. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing, but I suppose it all comes from, I think, a lot of it. And I, I sent you guys that article about the hubbub that's happening over in Dundrum in Dublin at the moment with that um, advertisement for, I think it's, Agent provocateur. I don't know how to say it properly, yeah. um, but it's a woman in her underwear, basically, and and she's advertising underwear. And there is a campaign to get it taken down, saying. And the guy, there was this one man in particular who's talking 
I heard him on all the clips and he was just saying that we have lost our moral fibre in this country entirely. And he was like, look back 20 years, at least we had some kind of dignity and all this kind of stuff. And this is a, a picture of a woman in her underwear and it's about underwear that women want to wear, are wearing, are wearing, you know, in their homes, are obviously wearing to clubs around the country as well. Um, and it just poses the question of like, you know, I mean, what the hell's going on? What the hell is going on? <laughs> if you even look at what she's wearing, like she's wearing this really lovely, like subtle pastel. It's like a full cup. It's beautiful. Bra. She really she's pretty. wearing this really like high waisted mm. thing. Like I've seen women wearing less on the street. Yes, like yeah. she's not particularly nude. Mm. Yes, she's reclined. She looks gorgeous. And uh, part of That's me, it. she's lying on her back. Yeah. yeah, the feminist part of me is like, okay, not so hot on you know women being objectified as a means to sell products. But this is an ad for laundry. If if she was in her knickers selling a handbag, I might be a bit more. Well, what's why does she need to be in her knickers to yeah. sell a handbag? But she's selling the laundry, and yeah. how else are you going to? Nobody is complaining it? about the guys in their Calvin Kleins. Yeah, yeah. Like we all love those ads. Why is it okay yeah, for them? Yeah, you know the Diet Coke I mean? ads. Nobody's yeah. like, there's no moral outrage the, how, about those. How, how long has the Diet Coke ad going on? I mean, oh, women have been 40 saving years, that thing to their phone for a while. Absolutely. Um, and yet, when a woman gets into that position, it really there's a specific group of people. I don't want to tar no, all men with the same brush, yeah. but there is definitely a specific group of men in particular who find that so intimidating. Yeah, um, I and think and women as well though. Like I think a lot of women would see that as um, degrading. Yeah, but I I just don't I don't understand why I can't understand, can't get my head around well, that. I, yeah. Like I mean you know whatever about that ad and whatever about that guy who I think is just absolutely beyond reason. I do think it's important to talk more about our own sexual identities absolutely. and to talk about our own sexual desires. And so just finally for people who maybe are listening and who have been completely enlightened by this and they want to find out more about it or they want to maybe get involved in it obviously a really quick google search will probably point you in the right direction um but yeah are there any kind of things that you would recommend to maybe first timers who want to explore a little bit more um for people who want to explore kink mm. i would say to join fetlife.com okay. i love how i keep looking to my she's she's the she mature one the yeah, she, yeah. she i always have to clear everything <laughs> we have a guest coming on pure felt um soon and i was having a private conversation with her and i was like okay this all sounds amazing but let me check with michelle yeah. <laughs> because she she runs the show um Fatlife.com mm -hmm. for anybody who wants to explore kink and fabswingers.com for anybody who wants to explore swinging. Fab swingers, yeah. okay. If you're setting up profiles, be careful. Don't write on your profile, hi, my name is Sarah, I'm 28, I live at this address. Oh, Jesus. I'm really new to everything, I've got no experience and I'm just so excited to learn and explore. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do, do that. that. No face pictures, mm. you know, um, the, the tenet that we would go by is if your mother found this tomorrow or your boss found this tomorrow, like what level you? of mortification would you be at? When like you say face pictures, like are there other pictures? Like there's body pictures? Oh yeah. 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 All right, okay. Sorry, yeah. I told you I was gonna be naive. You like. have to like, you know, have a look at the product before you buy. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So um, yeah, and like no identifying stuff. And I would echo what Sarah says about uh, FetLife.com. There are Ireland-specific forums and groups and events on there. And the same goes for FabSwingers.com. So they're great places to learn. Like yeah. even if you're not sure and you're just like 
vaguely thinking mm. that, oh, this might be for me. Like, joining these websites is not a commitment. Yeah. Nobody needs to know anything. And you can just go and, like, peruse and learn and read. And it's... Amazing. Yeah, it's fun. Are you weird. guys going to bring me on your podcast, seeing as I brought you on my podcast? Although I don't know what I would bring to it. <laughs> Although you could bring me to one of your sex clubs, maybe? You see, this yeah. is what I would like to do. Okay. I definitely want to bring you on. And come and tell us everything that you thought about it. I would love to do that, oh yeah. Would I get hilarious. in, though? Would they be okay yeah. with me being yeah, there? You get, you, yeah, as long as you're with Sarah, you'll be fine. Sarah? <laughs> so you're going to be like that woman who, like, brought you under her wing? Yay! You could be like, that's me. You Great. Could, I, I will do a much worse job of it. Okay. But Michelle will be there, so she'll take care of that. Well, look, I love learning about new things, so I would be well up for that. So that sounds delightful. If anybody who's listening wants to hear more, go and find Pure Filth. It's on all the podcast apps, right? Yeah, and it's, you can... Uh, what about iTunes? It's Oh, it keeps getting taken down from yeah, iTunes? They don't love us on iTunes, but we're working on it. Okay, cool. but you Spotify, can, SoundCloud, everywhere else. Yeah, you can go to our um, Instagram, which is at Pure Filth Podcast, and there is a link there with little links to everywhere you can listen. Amazing. And Michelle and Sarah are also on, on social media, on Instagram as well, so you can go and check that out. So thank you so much for coming in, and thank Thanks you for teaching me a little bit as well. So I hope everybody has an amazing Valentine's Day, and of course, be safe, but have fun as well. So I'm Neve Marr, and we will chat to you next week. Sex Club! Woo! Yay! Yay! You need to change your tune really quickly. Cool. Yay!